CJ McCollum absolutely delivers. Willie Green said all the right things and the Pelicans won. So is everything good in New Orleans? Not quite, but you can see light at the end of the tunnel. It's a Thursday episode of Lockdown Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans beat the Dallas Mavericks, 113-106, got a little bit tight there at the end, and then CJ McCollum. Oh, just beautiful. 16 straight points. We're going to break this one down. There's a lot of good in here, and it actually speaks to a number of things that I said very in the show yesterday that was very critical of Willie Green, and then Willie Green says all the right things today. There's, You'll see where I'm going. Stick with me on this one. I promise. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down every single thing you want to know about this team. Good, bad, whatever it is with the Pelicans, we cover it here Monday through Friday. No days between shows, no weeks between shows, and completely free. You don't have to pay any money to listen to Locked On Pelicans. Just subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And if you want to support the channel, best thing you can do, comment down below on YouTube. Is that the, was that the best game we've seen C.J. McCollum play all season long? I think it might have been. So let's start with C.J. McCollum because he's the story of this game. I was I, I talked about him two days ago and I said the Stars need to be better on this team. The Stars need to be better on this team when Zion Williamson's out. Brandon Ingram needs to cut down on some of the turnovers, especially those ones like in the middle of the lane. And I said, C.J., since the All-Star break, has been playing not good. Not good. I don't want to say like absolutely terribly. He's averaging over 20 points per game, but it's not on great shooting numbers. And the three-point shot has been awful. Under 27% since they've come back from the All-Star break. And I was talking to Sharif Ishak of WDSU before the game. We're sitting courtside watching guys warm up and we're watching CJ warm up. And he said... You know, I love CJ because he's like one of the only players on this team. These aren't the exact words from from Sharif, but he said like CJ holds himself accountable. And I said, but does he? You know, yes, he goes into a press conference and says, I need to be better when it's blatantly obvious that he needs to be better. You know, he's not going to go in there and say like, I'm fine. Not a big deal. No problem. He needs to be better. He says he needs to be better, but he hasn't come out and played better. Is that, you know, where just because you're saying it, but you can't deliver on that, is that accountability? In a sense, yes. In a sense, maybe not. Well, this one, <laughs> this one, he did it. And of course, it's like right after I say something like that to somebody else. But CJ delivered. This is a game where Brandon Ingram left early. And you needed someone to carry you as the Dallas Mavericks were getting right back into the game. Right back into the game after Brandon Ingram didn't return with a right ankle sprain. And it looked like the game was getting away from New Orleans. It was a five-point game. They had all of the momentum. And so what does CJ McCollum just go and do? 16 straight points in the fourth quarter. 16 straight points in the fourth quarter, including going an absurd 
four of four from three. And those weren't just like easy open catch and shoot threes. These were ankle breaking step back move threes that you look at and you go, oh my God. I could use more expletives in there is how ridiculous the shots that he was hitting were. That's what your stars need to do. We can overthink basketball all we want. And I do it here on the show all of the time, but a lot of very smart people, some in media, some with teams, some, you know, in other capacities, sometimes just point out that it's as simple as a make or miss league. It's a cliche for a reason. If your stars go out and play well, you don't need much more. This actually goes back to the bubble and David Locke, who hosts our Locked On Jazz show and who is the head of the network, Locked On David Locke, you know, once said to me when I was doing a show with him of you know, looking at the Pelicans and Jazz playing in the bubble. And it was like, well, if, what about these matchups? What about this matchup? What about this matchup? And he's like, Jake, if Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, who were both on the team at the time, play well for the Jazz, they win. If Zion and Brandon Ingram play well for the Pelicans, they probably win. And we don't need to get into all of these X factors and other things, right? These role players, these other matchups. It's as simple as your stars carrying you. And, I, and I've always found that really good advice, not just because, you know, he's my boss, but it's very true. If your star players play well, things get fixed, right? It's why I've been saying that if Zion's out there and healthy, this team's a top four seed in the Western Conference very easily. We don't need to overthink it with other things. If they just go and do their job and play incredible, like 16 straight points in the fourth quarter will do, you win the game. Look at it by comparison, and we'll get more into the defense in the third segment of today's show. I forgot Kyrie Irving played for the Mavs for the first half. He had 11 points in the fourth quarter. He had 27 total. He had 16 points through the first three. He was non-existent, and they were losing by double digits, almost 20 points at times. We don't need to overthink this. The star players, even just one of them, playing exceptionally well, will oftentimes get you wins. And that's what C.J. McCollum needed to do in this game. Brandon Ingram wasn't in there to carry you. You know, this team has struggled to generate points in some offense, so you can't necessarily rely on that. So let your star player go out and do his thing. And C.J. did. He delivered. This is what he had to do. This is what he had to do. You want to say you're a star player, I've got to be better. You also need to deliver on it, and C.J. McCollum did. Is that accountability? Yeah, I'd say so. Now he needs to do it more consistently. You need to see, not quite. we're not going to get this type of game from him every single time, nor am I expecting him to go out and score 32 points on 22 shots and go 6 of 8 from 3. Give you 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Thank you for exactly 5 assists, by the way, because in my same game parlay on FanDuel, it was CJ McCollum to have 5 or more assists and the Pels win. Cash that one. Uh, barely, but still counts. And you're going to go out and win these games. And that's CJ delivering on what he says he needs to do. Putting his words into action. That's accountability to me. Great job, CJ. Team needed you. You delivered. What a fun game because of that. What a just an absurd stretch he had in the fourth quarter. Oh, it shows you the glimpse of this team and how good they can be even without Zion Williamson and makes us so frustrated even more so during the losses that they get when they don't play like this. This was a good game from them. We'll look at that more in the third quarter, but I want to look at Willie Green and some of the things he said in the post-game press conference are, I'm not saying he's talking to me. I'm not saying he's talking to me. He might be talking to me, though. 
Let's let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Nissan. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. It's CJ McCollum. 32 points, 16 straight in the fourth quarter. You need a dude to be fierce and take those shots. He did it. To be elegant, he absolutely did that with some of the moves he put out there. Even powerful drives to the rim. Elegant, powerful, fierce, brilliant. All of those words accurately describe CJ McCollum and what he did in the fourth quarter there. And it also describes the Nissan Aria which delivers on duality, the combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful but strong. It's the perfect SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. The good, the bad, the wins like they got right now. And we'll look at the defense and other things that did well. Jackson Hayes was great. I loved what we saw from Dyson Daniels, too. I really want to look at those. But right now, I want to look at head coach Willie Green. But for your second listen today, it's Locked On Saints. Saints just signed Derek Carr. Again, I still don't know if he's actually good or how I feel about this. Maybe it's just straight up sticker shock on the price they're paying. But Ross Jackson, the host of Locked On Saints, is helping me make sense of all of it. For all your black and gold, everything you want about the team, make sure Locked On Saints is your second listen. So the Pelicans get a a massive, much-needed win over the Dallas Mavericks, 113-106, at the start of a homestand. I was very, very critical of head coach Willie Green in yesterday's show. And while I never said he was on the hot seat, some of y'all like to comment without actually listening to the show and just going off the headline, and I posed it as a question. I didn't say he should be on the hot seat or anything like that, and he shouldn't be, and he's not going to be. There are some big questions about him and kind of him as a head coach. And one thing I should have mentioned that I didn't, and I'll say it here, is coaches also grow like players. They get better or worse sometimes. And growth, as Antonio Daniels likes to say, is not always linear. And I should have said, you know, there's still time. It's his second year. There's still a ton of room for improvement to build on the base that he already has. So one of the things I was very critical of was a comment that he had after the loss to the... Sacramento Kings, where he kind of said there was real no sense of urgency. There was no panicking. They just kind of need to stick to the plan and the results will happen. And from what we've seen from the team, that wasn't the case, hasn't been happening. And then you have a game like this, which is honestly a stick to the plan kind of game that they pulled out. And it kind of justifies Willie Green in a sense. So if I'm going to criticize him when you know I disagree with him, I'm going to also give him praise and call him out in a positive way. When he's correct, and he was in this one. You know, one of the things you heard him say in this post-game press conference was, you know, the, the team, and maybe this is just trying to get some of the heat off of him. The team executed the game plan. They stuck to the game plan. They executed the game plan perfectly, you know, and constantly referred to the game plan, which, come, which he comes up with. <laughs> And these guys went out and did it. And he's not wrong. The game plan was great. The defense was great in stifling Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Offensively, he said, we want to get the ball to our star guys down the stretch. And if they make shots, we're going to win. If they don't make shots, we're not going to win. The problem is they haven't been making those shots. But CJ did in this one, and they won the game. So Willie Green is 
very much justified in taking a little bit of a victory lap there. And I'm not, as I said in, in the tease to this segment, I'm not saying he's talking to me. I'm not saying he listened to Lockdown Pelicans yesterday and he's like, hold on, I'm going to put that dude in his place. He also might be, because I can tell you, because the coaching staff has told me this, they listen to Lockdown Pelicans. Maybe not every day, but they listen and they're kind of aware of the media talk around them. Same from the front office. So maybe it was, which is kind of funny then. And can I get credit for the win if that's the case? I, I doubt it has anything to do with me, but it shows you that, you know, sometimes that faith that he has in this team and these players is truly justified. And as frustrated as we get in the moment with some of the losses, there's so many different factors that goes into those things. And sometimes it really is as simple as a make or miss league. CJ McCollum's a good player. We all know this. I do think they're using him slightly wrong at times as a point guard. But in the fourth quarter, yeah, you probably want to put the ball in one of your best shooters' hands, in one of your best scorers' hands. And they did, and he delivered. And sometimes he doesn't. But I think you kind of live with that to an extent. So I do feel that Willie Green deservedly should have said all of the things that he said in his post-game press conference. Stick to the game plan, execute the game plan, execute it flawlessly, execute it perfectly. <laughs> Repeat it. Go listen to it. It'll, it makes me laugh just coming on the heels of the show I did the other day. But he's not wrong. And we saw it work last year, and Willie Green seemed to hope that maybe they can kind of recapture some of what they had last year. And I'd said, one of the things you've seen is that this team seems to be in a little bit of a funk. Maybe it's mentally, maybe it's a morale thing, whatever it might be. But early on in the game, they kind of seemed to have that fire in them. They had a sense of urgency. And Willie Green did say when someone asked, you know, is there a sense of urgency around this team? He said, yes. It was a one-word answer. Yes. And then he kind of laughed, being like, yeah, of course. And that does seem to be a little bit different from what he said the other day, when it was just, we'll let the chips fall where they may, was his line. Having a sense of urgency means you're trying to kind of, again, imprint and steer the direction of where you want things to go. You don't need to let life passively happen to you. You can actively live your life. There's a big difference between the two, is the analogy that I used. And it seems like Willie Green... Definitely got these guys kind of amped up a little bit more, had a sense of urgency in them that's been missing for the past couple of games. And you can see it really led to a very different team. The team just looked different out there on the court. And if that came from head coach Willie Green, he deserves a ton of credit for it. If you can get those guys to play like that, you got to do that more often and you got to do that consistently. But that needed to happen and something flipped a switch. And based on the coach being like, yeah, there's a sense of urgency, maybe he changed his tune with the players in their pregame meetings, in their shoot-around, in practices. And that's a way to go out and get a couple of more wins and be a little bit more forceful with your roster and get the most out of them. I do also think those two dunks from Trey Murphy early on really amped the team up. He came out playing aggressive, looking different. Josh Richardson was back healthy. It meant that maybe Josh was going to be starting instead of Trey. They, Willie Green went with Trey instead, the correct choice. And those two dunks he had in the first half got the team fired up. Look at the bench. If you can go find replay, see if you can see the bench after both of those dunks and the team, all of them, Every single player standing. Jose Alvarado losing his mind. Najee Marshall just walking this baseline being like, oh my God, what do we just witness? That's the type of thing that infuses your team with energy. And if it's as simple as Willie Green chose to start Trey Murphy and then he delivered with that type of intensity and effort, great job by the head coach. We don't need to overthink things at times. Sometimes just start the right players and the good results come from that. Willie Green... 
good game from him just overall and saying the right things. I get you want to, you know, display an air of confidence, calmness, maybe to the media and to your team. But everyone, while not panicking necessarily, felt a sense of urgency and it seemed like the team didn't have that. But in his post-game press conference after the win over the Mavs, you saw it from head coach Willie Green and that was very clearly translated to the team and it led to, it's a big reason why they got this victory. Good job by head coach Willie Green coming one day, of course, after I'm very, very critical of him. But no, he pushed all the right buttons. You could see that Willie Green kind of had this team moving in the right direction, and he deserves a ton of credit for that. There were also a couple of other really good performances. The defense was awesome. Jackson Hayes adds an element that the team was missing. And Dyson Daniels, point guard, doing some very good things. Let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Bilt Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Bilt Bar. You know, I'm trying to eat healthier. I could go to the arena, eat all the chicken tenders I want, or just have a Bilt Bar right before the game. Low on calories, but high in protein, tastes delicious, carries me through the game, so I'm not eating some of that, at times, awful food for you. And the most important thing is it tastes good. You don't want a chalky, a dry protein bar that makes you grab a bottle of water and chug it down or something like that. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, so you're going to think you're eating a candy bar. And with only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein, you're most definitely not eating an awful-for-you candy bar. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box over at Built.com. You can go to Sam's Club or Walmart and pick them up right now. Go to Walmart. Get cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. You can go to Sam's and grab a 13-bar box with our Hit Flavors brownie batter and churro. It's a combo box to try both of them. It's awesome. Go get a Bill Bar right now. You can thank me later. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, the good, the bad, and at times admitting when ooh, we criticized the coach yesterday and he, he was really good today, so we're going to give him his praise. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if you want to support the channel, number one thing you can do, subscribe on YouTube and comment down below on YouTube. Was this a good Willie Green game? Do you think CJ can carry this momentum going forward? Was this a must win? Let me know what you think to all of those questions in the comments down below. So we looked at CJ McCollum. We talked about the head coach, but there were some other really important performances in this game from a number of guys. Jonas Valanciunas got in foul trouble early, is dealing with an injury, and was just, this wasn't the game for him. Only played under seven minutes in this one. Billy Hernan Gomez came in. Tons of fouls, bad defense, and just missed a couple of shots. Easy bunnies at the rim. And so the Pelicans didn't really have a choice but to turn to Jackson Hayes with no Larry Nance Jr. available. And as much as I don't think Jackson Hayes is the answer, he gave the team very valuable minutes and gave them a different element than any of the other centers on the roster can and have. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. He was 6 of 6 from the field in this one. 14 points, 3 rebounds. He was a lob threat that when teams threw two guys at Najee Marshall, at CJ McCollum, at Dyson Daniels, at Brandon Ingram, and we'll get to Brandon in a second here because he left early with the injury. You know, when they threw two guys at those guys in the paint, 
Jackson Hayes in the dunker spot is a lob threat and you just throw the ball up and he throws it down. And it's kind of what happened a good bit. Just as an outlet down there with some athleticism that you don't see from the other big men on the roster. And you can see the dimension that it adds to the offense, to the team. They don't win without him in this game. Also had a block, a really nice defensive play. Uh, and the other thing that he can do that the other two bigs that they have currently available in Jack, in um, Valanciunas and Billy Herney and Gomez is he can play on the perimeter and switch. And he wasn't a liability out there. And it just shows you how intriguing he is as a prospect. It's one of those things of like, you're out on Jackson Hayes. You don't think he's going to be on the team next year. And then all of a sudden he does this and you're like, I'm right back on Jackson Hayes Island beachfront property here. Loving my time. And it's like, I've never left. His free agency is going to be interesting if he has an important role to play down the stretch and helps the Pelicans get into the postseason. He's going to have, it's going to be interesting. He adds a vertical spacing threat that no one else really does. And it might not impact the offense right now as a spacing threat, but vertical spacing, somewhat similar to three-point shooting spacing. When you have a guy in the dunker spot, so just kind of immediately to the left or right of the basket on the baseline, that's the area is called the dunker spot. You know, if you leave that guy to go, you know, say Zion drives. Zion drives from the three-point line. The guy that's covering Jackson Hayes rotates over. All Zion has to do is just loft the ball up. Jax gets it and throws it down. It's like the easiest two points ever. And you don't even have to do a great lob, right? Just put it up. Just put it up. And Jax is so athletic and so springy and has such long arms that he can go and just throw the ball down. So when you know that it's just a guaranteed two points if you leave that guy to rotate over to cover somebody, you, you stick to him. And that all of a sudden means Zion is dealing with one less body when he's driving to the basket. Same goes for CJ. Same goes for Brandon Ingram or Najee Marshall. It takes a little bit to get there. That needs to be in the opponent's game plan. It needs to be on the film a lot. And that won't make it in just yet. But over a large enough sample size, a large enough amount of games, that can. And that's something that can open the court and space the court by just sticking a guy to that guy in the dunker spot. Sticking a defender to that guy in the dunker spot. I think Jax isn't in the rotation right now. Again, I don't think he's a huge answer going to fix part of the problem, but when they need some solid center minutes, yeah, he's playing well right now and defensively fits what they're trying to do. And so you look at that and you're like, all right, they need to keep playing him and try and feature him a little bit more. Same for Dyson Daniels. This was a great Dyson game. He was one of three from the field. One of three. Made his three. Made one of the two threes that he took, which is big. If you're going to make a shot, make it a three. Finished with four total points. Six rebounds, but also six assists. C.J. McCollum at times has been very inefficient as a point guard, and they need to use him off-ball more. So having Dyson Daniels come in and play point guard for the team and try and organize the offense was big. Was big. Dyson Daniels off the bench was a team high by far 21 in the minutes that he played, in the 19 minutes that he played. Running the offense, getting clean looks for others, that's important. Not forcing shots. We've seen CJ try and force shots when the ball's in his hand and he's trying to run point. This allowed CJ to kind of work off ball a little bit more at times and then have the energy he needed to take over in the fourth quarter. Dyson, just a great job by him. And then finally, I want to wrap up with the defense here. 
They were awesome. Defense was awesome. Defense was awesome coming out the gate in the first quarter. Frustrating Luka Doncic, who left this game early, but was 4 of 14 in the 28 minutes that he played for 15 total points. That's a great job. He was just missing. They contested his threes. They let him take open threes instead of driving because that's where his game is the weakest. At the rim, they met him and they challenged him. And it was Herb Jones doing a lot of that work. Herb Jones, by the way, who didn't make a three in this game but still finished with 14 points because he worked a little bit better off ball. Nine rebounds and tremendous defensive presence on Luka to start, then eventually on Kyrie Irving when... Luca was out of the game. Herb Jones shows you the value that he brings to the team. And if they can find ways to make him a threat offensively, they changed one of his, the one three-pointer he would have made, they changed to a two. Oh, he was good. Took a charge late in the game, did everything you need him to do. This is why you got to leave him in the starting lineup. He turned a ton of those you know, defensive plays he makes into easy offense for the Pelicans to let them get out and run and get in transition and try and score in the fast break a little bit. Those are the type of things you want to see from him. You know, while he's not the greatest offensive player and he's been shooting a little bit better, they're finding ways to use him a little bit more. Having Dyson Daniels out there pulling the strings of the offense a little bit freed him up some. This is the type of game where you go, oh yeah, the Pelicans can be good even without Zion Williamson. Even without Brandon Ingram, who left early, we'll get an update on him tomorrow, probably. Hopefully, it's nothing too bad, and they're just not going to rush him back in the game that they were up by 20 when he was out. And hopefully, it's just precautionary and no big deal. But this is the type of game that shows you a light at the end of the tunnel. It shows you why I was very optimistic about this team on the 10-game losing streak. More performances like this more accountability like this, more sense of urgency across the entirety of the organization, and they can still get into the postseason. They're not tanking. You're never going to hear me talk about them tanking or anything like that on this show. We know what they're capable of, and it's all there for the taking. This game showed you the Pelicans are capable of grabbing that, of taking it. Do they truly want to do that? Are they capable of doing that over the final now 17 games? We're going to see. But it does mean every game is going to be meaningful going forward. And you know what? That means fun basketball to me. And I can't wait. Good or bad, whatever's going to happen, I can't wait to see how this plays out. And I hope you'll join me along for the ride here at Locked On Pelicans by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You want to support the show? Comment down below on YouTube. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Tomorrow, we're going to look at, and I might have just given it away right here, though. Should they shut Zion down for the season? Will he play again? Let's kind of break down the pros and cons of both sides, and I'll tell you what I think is going to happen in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans. See you all next time.